Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social in association with William Hill and Empire Fight Store. Frank, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm a little bit disappointed, and it is no one's fault. But obviously, uh, I've heard about the plans for Friday. I will not announce them. Um, Do you even know the plans for Friday? This Friday? Yeah. I'm aware. What are you disappointed about? You've not been invited? No, I'm in Spain. Then that's why you're disappointed. That's well, I'm not disappointed because Spain's fun, but also to do that on Friday when I've never done anything like that with you guys before, it's a bit peak to miss out, isn't it? I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll, we'll. Do you want me to get it rearranged for you? For that a would be really. That, if if you could, I would. Yeah. I would appreciate that. I think that would be the more uh, respectable decision for you to to make. Let me let me get on to it as soon as this is over. As soon as we're done, sure that's I'll... top of your priority list. As soon as you're done asking me easy questions, then I'll get straight on to it. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, look, let's go on to this weekend's events. Chris Eubank Jr. with a more or less punch perfect performance over Liam Smith in the rematch. Um, your sort of thoughts on the fight as a whole? Yeah, look, uh, Chris looked brilliant um, in there, obviously. Uh, you know, it was a great performance, especially with the pressure of coming back off the back of the January fight. You know, the, the way that fight finished, all the pressure was on Chris to go in there. And, you know, th- this was really, I think for he- whoever lost, really it was the end of the road in some ways. You know, I think they were both open about it when they were talking about, you know, in the build-up. But a, a tremendous performance from him. Um, you know, he was the better man on the night, just like Liam was in January. Um, and you know, it was a, it was a, I suppose, a good way to end that, you know, end that storyline. Um, but yeah, he, he looked much improved on his performance in January. He looked composed. I actually think it was one of the best performances you've seen from Chris Eubank in, you know, many years, if ever, in his career. Um, what did you make of Liam Smith's comments about having to lose uh, such a huge amount of weight and sort of not, not being right for the fight and everything? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's difficult because he said, you know, I don't want to make excuses. Like both of them said when they lost, um, I think 
there is an element of everyone was aware of Liam's struggles in that in the build up to that fight, hence why the fight was delayed, you know, on multiple occasions. Um, so, you know, I think the reality is one of the realities with boxing is 90% of the time fighters, although albeit will say they have a great camp and will say they haven't struggled with the weight, it is natural. And that's for both sides as well. That's not just for Liam, but that will be for Chris as well. And, you know, maybe there was things in the January fight which meant Chris wasn't in his peak condition. But I think at this high level of the sport, you know, the, the best person went in there and, and did the job. And, you know, it's it's good to come away and not make excuses. I, I, I think Liam's still got, I actually think there's still fights out there for Liam. You know, I know he sort of said, if I lose to Chris, then I, I'll retire. But I still think there's fights out there for Liam. Um, I still thought there was fights out there for the both of them, um, win, lose or draw on Saturday night. So, you know, I'm sure we'll see him back. But, you know, the best man won on the night. Let me ask you on terms of sort of Liam itself. And he did say afterwards he doesn't want to retire. Um, he is now a promotional free agent. Do you look at working with him? I suppose it has to be if the opportunities are right for both parties. Yeah, 100%. You know, we've had a great relationship with Liam. We would have continued working with him originally, um, but he got an offer that we we couldn't match at the time when he when he moved across the boxer for the for the Eubank fight. Um, and yeah, for sure, in the right fights, I definitely think there's opportunity. I think there's big fights to be made, as we said, that you know, when we spoke the other day, between the likes of Kelbrook, Connor Ben, Eubank Jr., Liam Smith, there's still so many big fights to be made there. Um, you know, maybe we see... Eubank against Ben next, and maybe we see Beefy against Kel Brook next, and maybe we see the winners come together. I think that that makes for an exciting, you know, six to nine months of, of British boxing. Um, Eubank Jr. at the time, you know, sort of it was quite publicly known that if there was a fight that he sort of wishes he would have gone for, probably was the Ben fight. He's still flirting with that one now. We know that there was probably, well, definitely more money in that fight. But now that fight's still there. Now the dust settled and he got the win. Do you think he probably looks back happy that he did take the rematch? Yeah, I'm sure. Look, he always, you know, he definitely always wanted to take the rematch, as he said. You know, in in his in his head, that was always the fight he wanted. At the same time, with if big opportunities present themselves for any athlete in a sport, especially like boxing, you know, and the numbers, the wolf, what they would in other fights, you have to you have to look at them, take away the ego, and take away the you know, the, the side of I need to get revenge. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he's delighted now. He's gone in there, he's done the job. He always believed he'd go back in there and, and do what he did on Saturday. You know, if you listen to him throughout his interviews, you know, in the, over the last seven, eight months. Um, and yeah, it sets up a huge fight against Conor Bent for sure. It's not too much that you're going to be able to say on this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Uh, it's all over the news today. And my mum even said to me, do you see someone's got arrested for having a gun at Manchester Airport? I said, yeah, that was Bomac. Um, very surprised to see it. Weird that he got into the country with said gun in the first place. Um, he's, we understand, being held in a cell in Manchester and is on trial on the 9th of October. So he's going to be stuck in a Manchester prison cell for some time. Probably not the news that we expected this morning, but another one to tick off on the old boxing circus bingo. Yeah, no, not the news at all. Look, it's hard to talk about because you don't actually know. None of us really know any details about yeah, it. People yeah. saying an armed, it was a loaded gun. People saying he had, I mean, like, none of us really know all the detail, do we? Um, so it's hard to talk about. And I don't really know 
my understanding of you know being caught with a gun at Manchester Airport and what <laughs> goes on from there. You know, pretty limited. I don't know what you want me to say on it, Parsons. Look, it's uh, obviously not ideal, is it? Let's be honest. No, I'm only asking just because it's pressing news and people want to hear what you've got to say. I don't know what there is to say. It's the same what as there, I what have you, to ask. What, what do you want me to say? I, I have no idea about the legal system and what the intricacies of being found with a gun at Manchester Airport are, apart from the fact that it's probably not ideal. Well, it's boxing news and this is a boxing interview, so I'll ask you anyway. Maybe I will quiz Sean Palmer on that at another time. Um, yes. Ben Shalom made some comments. Obviously, the whole uh, sort of UCAD and Novada testing was surfaced. Uh, then at the weigh-in, the questions sort of were posed at him. Well, why not? Uh, he said, look, UCAD testing is, is su sufficient enough and sort of dismissed the need for further testing. What did you make of that? Again, I, I don't want to... I, I sound like a broken record if I go into him too much and I don't want to hurt his feelings too much because I know he'll get upset about it. But... The reality of the situation is he doesn't want to pay for VADA testing. And, you know, again, I'm not a UCAD, I'm not a drug, a doping expert, right? But what I do know from being in this sport a long time, UCAD testing does not guarantee that someone's going to be tested before a fight. There's, there's no guarantee. You know, so he's saying they've been tested multiple times and they're clear. He doesn't know. UCAD don't tell you. So we put VADA testing in place. So there's addition, an additional layer of testing, which is guaranteed that the fighters will get tested before the fight. He doesn't, you know, like I don't know who you are testing of our stable of fighters. I don't know when they're planning to test people and I don't know when the results are going to come back and I don't get the results. So Ben Shalom cannot sit there and go, they've been tested multiple times because he doesn't actually, or, or had the results back. He doesn't know. That's the reality of it. And, and look, it just comes down to they don't want to spend the money. It's all it is. All these people preach about doing great things for the sport, being, you know, coming in, being the saviors of the sport and want to talk, you know, detrimentally about us, but they don't want to spend the money to actually improve the sport. But, you know, we move on. I don't want to sound like a broken record. I feel like people think I'm just being negative for the sake of being negative. I'm not. I'm just responding to your questions, Charles. Um, let me ask you on that topic then. Since then, some research came out regarding UCAD and testing boxers as a whole. Uh, on average, just 9% of British boxers were tested at least once by UCAD out of competition and 18% in competition in 2022. Now, we know that obviously there's more to it than that and it's a hard situation and, and, and UCAD, we understand, govern and, and overall drug testing for a lot of sports. Um but those figures aren't great. No, look, the, the, the reality is it's, it's you know, they ha don't have the resources they need to put in place stringent enough testing that, you know, could catch people. Like you say, 9% of boxers out of competition, 18% in competition. Um, you know, it, it's, it, I'm not sitting here saying that, there's not improvements that can be made across UCAB with the board, et cetera. But we're just working, you know, we're putting extra measures in place to ensure the safety of the sport as much as we possibly can. Um, so, you know, hence why we feel it's important for that additional level of testing. 
you know. But uh, but those numbers, you know, they don't surprise me. And that's why when I sit here and say you can't say you could have tested every you know every main event fighter in the UK, it's just it, I don't believe it's true. And I also wouldn't know. So you know, he just like I said the other day, his ass went. He said it was confidential because he didn't know what to say because he can't handle the pressure when it comes down to it. Look, sticking with uh, Chris Eubank Jr., we know the fight. I mentioned it briefly before, but sort of going into the intricacies of it. I think firstly on Conor Ben, uh, he said on Saturday night, it's look, looking like that his ring return will be September the 23rd on that Orlando card. Are you able to confirm Tony Sims posted something very shortly, uh, very recently saying fight news pending? There's still work being done, in all honesty. It's not done. What, what do you want me? He's not, it isn't done, Charles. It's not done. <laughs> True. It, it's very, I'm telling you the truth. I don't lie to you. Okay. Um, it's it's not done. There's still work being done. We've got discussions ongoing. Um, but that is definitely what we would like to see happen. Um, but not completed. Otherwise, it would be announced. How soon would you like to get that done? Hmm. About 12 minutes, 13 minutes. That's how soon you'd like to get it done. But how soon do you think you can get it done? I don't know. Again, we put time, we, we say things and then people hold us to it and then they get angry and then they say, you said this. So I would rather just say we are trying our best. Is the opponent likely to be Ivan Redcatch? TBC. TBC. Okay, look, um, December is meant to be his UK return. I think I read December the 9th. I don't know about my Saturdays in December. That's a long way away. But Eubank Jr. versus Conor Ben, do you want to make it happen? If you do do it in December, do you do it at the O2? We know that sort of Fury um, Chisora went uh, in December in a stadium very cold, but logistically, I suppose it did work. What do you go about um, doing for that fight? Uh, yeah, look, there's there's work to be done on that fight. It's definitely a fight that all parties are interested in making and want to make. It's the, I actually think it's probably the biggest fight in British boxing right now. Bigger than AJ Fury? I'd say it's up there with it, alongside it. Um, and, you know, maybe we go maybe we go outside and everyone brings their blankets is, in December. Is that all you have to say for me on that? Uh, it's a massive fight. It, it, again... It's, it, it, I'd be stupid to say, no, we're not interested. That is the fight we're all going to focus on trying to make. Um, it's been a long time coming. Obviously, it was supposed to happen in October last year. It was big then, but I think it's tenfold now. I think the, the narrative and the story behind it is more than just the, the dads were enemies. Now there's something between the two of them. Um, and I, I, I think it's the biggest. Of the, there's no other fight out there that is that scale. Is it bigger? Is it bigger than it once was one? And two, how much bigger did it get with Eubank putting in the performance he did? Yeah, I think it is bigger than it ever. I think it's bigger than it ever has been. I think him coming back, Chris coming back and avenging that loss against Liam Smith. Yeah, I think does add to it as well because you know uh, that that just naturally look, it builds his it builds Chris's profile as well. And people, you know, people may have questioned whether Chris still had it like they did after the first Liam Smith fight. And now it shows that he's come back and and, and he belongs to be at that level still. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't think it can get much bigger than it is. You know, it's not one of those fights that we need to wait and keep building. 
it's the, the size it is now is you know as big as it's going to get. I asked Eddie last week, I think it was, regarding Philip Hergovic and Alexander Rusik. He said that they were expecting that to be mandated by the IBF fairly imminently. Uh, do you know where you're at with that? Yeah, we're pushing on the IBF now. There's no reason that it should be delayed any further. You know, uh, Philip's been patient. He's waited a long time, obviously understood the WBA went first with their mandatory of Daniel Dubois. So now it's his turn against Alexander Rusik. So we're hoping that will be ordered very soon. There's nothing to wait for with Fury. It's two months away. You know, Phillips waited and waited and waited for this opportunity. So, yeah, we expect that to be ordered by the IBF, you know, at any point, as they've said they would do. Let me ask you then, sticking with the heavyweights, Anthony Joshua, um, Deontay Wilder, am I right in hearing that within the last week there have been some stumbling blocks? No, look, there's discussions ongoing still for the fight. There are st- we're still waiting, as people are aware, and, and working through the, the, the Saudi side of the, the deal, which is obviously the key component. Is, is that where the stumbling blocks have, have come up? I wouldn't say it's stumbling blocks. I'd say it's just continued discussions. Um, and that's, you know, that's the work that needs to carry on. But like, like we've always said, both Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, as he's come out on multiple occasions, want that fight. Um, but, let, you know, let's see how things play out. Still work to be done. If it wasn't go to if it wasn't to go to Saudi Arabia, uh, we know that you can't put up that same sort of money elsewhere. Uh, we know that sort of Vegas and it, it would still do a big gate. Probably not so much in the UK just because of how things work and the mega fights tend to drift elsewhere. But is there still chance of that ha- fight happening away from Saudi Arabia? Look, I would be completely open with you. I think it makes it a bit more difficult if it's not you know because of the the numbers attached to that fight when it's been discussed from both sides as well. Um, You know, it's not just one sided. This is from both sides. We will, it's our job to maximize the revenue um, around the fight. Uh, And, you know, we will go to work and and look at the opportunities elsewhere as well. If the Saudi deal doesn't come through, Um, you know, I still, I still believe it's a massive fight to be made. Uh, and there's still there will still be intent to to try and make it work, if not in Saudi elsewhere. But you know the numbers have to make sense, and everyone has to be sensible with it. In terms of the schedule moving forward, we've got I believe Mexico. You start off again next week. Following week is Orlando. After that, September the thirtieth in London. Then we go to Sheffield for Wood Warrington. Then you've got a week off for KSI Fury. Um, and then it's Catrol Linares. We know that November 25 is penciled in uh, for Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron. In terms of UK headliners, do you have any sort of other dates that you're provisionally looking at at the minute? November 11th is one. And then the that's not Monaco. No, November 4th is Monaco. Yeah. October 28th, we're working on finalising our Mexico show, which we announced this week. Same with November 4th, which we announced this week as, as with the full undercard as well. Um, November 11th then is a is a UK show. We're just working through the details of hopefully get that announced later this week as well for Newcastle. Um, 18th, we've announced Diego Pacheco. November 25th, we've announced Taylor against, well, Cameron against Taylor. Um, and then December 9th, we've got something big we're working through. December 2nd or 23rd could be a UK show. December 16th is Edwards against, uh, uh, against Jesse Rodriguez. 
So stack schedule. You know, I think we've got one weekend off. Our plan is to have one weekend off before between now and Christmas, which is October 14th, which does own obviously have the big um, KSI Tommy Fury fight, as you said. So, yeah, stack schedule to the end of the year and then already working on what January, February, March looks like. I caught up with Joe Markowski at the back end of last week. He's really happy with how everything's coming together in terms of the schedule for the back end of the year. I suppose the situation with the zone is just keep amping it up and uh, sort of providing through the years. You've now got that new deal out in the States as well, which was announced back in New Orleans. Yeah, 100%. And look, the, the key for us as well is, you know, building a long-term schedule. And I think we've shown that with the announcements we've made all the way through to December, you know, and they were made in, you know, sort of early August. Um, and that's the key with Zone is to build out that long-term schedule, you know, got a lot of annual subscribers and, and that's our focus now. And that's why we were already working into 2024 to build those big fights up. So things are going really well. They're in a good place. You know, Dazone are very happy and, uh, as always, there's there's big fights, more big fights that can be delivered. Lastly, from me, Fabio Wardley. Um, what is the situation here? We sort of understood reading between the lines from little bits that we'd heard that he was negotiating with Queensbury for that David Adelaide fight. Um, as of today, he put out a tweet, uh, sort of hinting at some frustrations. He said, "Oh, I'm retired." Um, have you had any conversation with him and his team? Is there a chance his next fight could be on a matchroom show? Eddie said that he wants him to sort of sign a multi-fight deal if he does remain with matchroom. What's the uh, what's the situation here on your side? Yeah, look, we we believe in Fabio Wardley. We want to work with him long term. Um, if there's a one fight plan there to do the Adelaide fight, let's see if that means he goes away and you know goes and gets a big win, gets a big payday. I, I believe that Fabio. You know, we've had a great relationship and built a strong relationship over the years. So I, I believe we'll continue working with him at some point. Um, there's obviously the purse bids are due next week for the Adelaide fight. They were put back a month. So it'll be next Wednesday at the British Boxing Board of Control meeting. Um, so we'll see what happens there. You know, I definitely believe it's his intention um, to, to do that fight. But let, let's see. Maybe we'll get involved in the bids next week. Frank, I'm going to let you go. It looks like you're being absolutely blinded. I don't know how I'm going to get a thumbnail out of this, but uh, we will Good, do... Good, because you picked dodgy thumbnails, so like, I, I thought I'd do this. And... Yeah, it's going to be even dodgier. Um, Frank, final message? Uh, final message. Enjoy Spain, Parsons. Thanks, Thanks mate. Very, very... Having a lot of hol- I see you're having a lot of holidays, nearly as many as me. Nearly as many as you. We don't all get to do grid walks in the F1. Frank Smith, thank you very much for your time. Sports Social Podcast Network.